98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Bigly Blast. Michael Bidwill is a competitive guy. The Super Bowl is being staged in Glendale in a stadium he delivered to his father. There's a white-hot spotlight on the organization, especially after that independent study addendum and successive late-season collapses. And their football team is aiming to be the third consecutive franchise to win a title in their own building. So, from a financial standpoint, you'd think there'd be a heightened sense of urgency in Arizona. And yet, the Cardinals remain $18 million under the salary cap. Marcus Golden is apparently holding in because, as the team's best pass rusher, he rightfully wants a raise. He rightfully deserves to make more than Dennis Gardeck. The cornerback position is a hot mess. Zayvon Collins might be on the road to Bustville. And with a Super Bowl-caliber offense, especially after D-Hop returns in Week 7, it's a little odd that the Cardinals would leave themselves so barren on the other side of the ball. And it's a little odd that they trade one of their draft assets for Cody Ford, an offensive lineman with very poor analytics. Now, I really hope the Cardinals have some late additions on the horizon and on the budget because the road to the Super Bowl seems pretty wide open in the NFC. And this is not the time for closed wallets in Arizona. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Oh, is it the end of the saga? Has the soap opera come to an end? Sham Sharania tweeted at 8.01 a.m. Steve Nash, Joe Sy, and Sean Marks met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles on Monday and have decided to move forward with partnership. Nets say. Brooklyn Nets release a statement from general manager Sean Marks. Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sy and Clara Wu Sy, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind. Build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Boom. Holy cow. <laughs> what happened to the trade demand? What happened to the reports that Kevin Durant was going to go to the wall for this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he didn't want to go to Memphis. <laughs> Man, maybe. maybe. He didn't want to go to New Orleans. Wait, you want to send me where? I've already yeah. been to Graceland once. Yeah. I don't need to go back. Wow. Okay, that's uh, that's uh, that's a very interesting thing that just happened. Well, that was easy, apparently. Apparently, one meeting. That's again. This is this is the kind of deal with Kevin Durant and his obsessions. They come and they go. Apparently, um, yeah. Okay, so then I would think that the next thing to do is to have a meeting with James Jones, Monty Williams, Da Mikhail Bridges, Cam Jay Jones, Crowder, yeah, Jay, Jay Crowder, Crowder and, and yeah, only the entire starting we're lineup. going forward with our partnership too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Do we expect a flood of activity around the league now? I mean, minor trades? I would think any team that was waiting on the Kevin Durant decision, you would think they'd be in full go mode now. That's that's something. I mean, it, it to me, if you're the Nets, that's this is the this is the best decision for the Brooklyn Nets. So I I applaud them for putting this thing back together. I applaud Steve Nash and Sean Marks for saying, you know what, I we can I, I can be bigger than this. I I can forgive and forget. 
Because let's be honest here. Kevin Durant did not have issue with them. Kevin Durant just wanted to throw them under the bus to accommodate his own desires. There's a big difference. And and so props to them for being able to sit down with him and say, listen, we, we're not going to take offense to that. You come on back. Let's let's hit reset. That's uh, that's well, the, that's the best case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion. Well, which is a smart what? thing to do, because we just talked about it on today's show, Bick. They're both unproven commodities in their respective positions. If the Nets acquiesce to the demands of Kevin Durant and trade him and side with those two, they're not going to have a very good year, no. and they're probably not employed that much longer. No. So this is this is definitely the best case for them. And now, I mean, the NBA released its schedule last week. The Brooklyn Nets weren't on Christmas Day. The Brooklyn Nets now, I, I, I wish I was monitoring their, their odds to win a championship. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they just went up. Oh, I'm sure they and did. Everything was contingent on the uncertainty around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's future. Um, I wonder if everything shifts now to Donovan Mitchell. All the teams that were in on it for Kevin Durant, are they now going to shift and try to get Donovan Mitchell as that star they want to have? Right, yeah. I'm sure there's a corollary attached to this. There must be a goodbye Kyrie involved in this or something. Because if if not, how dare Kevin Durant stage that kind of fit, hold up the entire league and just go, no, I'm good. Actually, I'm good. Well, at least it's coming Man. to an end on August 23rd and not September 23rd when camps are getting ready to open. Yeah, or October That's 23rd when you're in the regular season. What, seven weeks later? It was June 30th that yeah. he announced mm-hmm. And exactly, to your point, June 30th, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Why On July 1st, <laughs> why didn't they meet with him then? On July 1st. And, and uh-huh. get, get it done. Like, why let this linger if you're the Nets for this long? He had a trip to Barcelona planned. Oh, no, he was right. in Ibiza. Oh, he was in Ibiza. Maybe within Madrid. He was at the, the Travis... <laughs> The Travis Scott concert. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just processing this because obviously this news just dropped. But, but part of me is just disgusted, even more disgusted at Kevin Durant. Have some conviction. If you really believed in what you d- said, no, I'm, I'm good. After you've like put all these other fan bases in a in a state of either anxiety and or hope. I mean, oh, I, is anybody I want to be in Phoenix. Okay. Every, anybody check on Sun's Twitter? <laughs> Everybody okay? Is everyone all right? Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I mean... Just is Sun's from, Twitter ever all right, just, just to be clear? Quick reaction just on our social media. It does seem like people are happy that it's over and that they we get to keep Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. We get to keep Cam Johnson. Cam... Johnson? Yeah, no, listen. and, and like Jay Crowder. The DA, and, the DA thing and the Jay Crowder thing are going to be interesting to see what they what's going to happen in those situations. Yeah, I mean, this does not necessarily guarantee the Suns are bringing everybody back. No. This just is, you know, now that door is closed. You can look to other doors. Mm-hmm. If Jay Crowder, who... Honestly, his name was mentioned, but it was kind of conceptual that he mm-hmm. would be included in, in, a, in a Kevin Durant trade. I don't think he was specified, and he was kind of a throw-in. Um, if he's that unhappy, maybe the Suns explore moving him and trying to upgrade that four position. Yeah. 
Well, and and there's been a lot of that. I, I think, as you pointed out, I missed the latest social media thing with Jay Crowder. They, they, it, it seems to me like a door is closing there. And the DA thing, I don't know where the relationship is going with him. But but we do know that Mikhail and Cam and Chris Paul and Devin Booker are back. Now the basketball team has to find a way to get better. We talk about the, it'll be interesting the first time DA talks. It'll be interesting the next time James Jones talks. And it's how he addresses all this. He's going to just be like, you know, every offseason we look at ways to improve the team and we mm-hmm. explore all avenues. Mm-hmm. But we're really happy to bring everybody back. And that was our first priority. I think they're going to sell it that way. Well, how, how else now. do you think? What do you what do you think they're going to say? Oh, man, our plans are ruined. No, but I mean, they could. I mean, I guess you could say like we were never interested in Kevin Durant. We always wanted to you know, bring back. Like, we were interested in Durant if we could have only traded draft picks and no players or something. Yeah, just, again, I, 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 don't even, I don't even think there, there needs to be anything done on that level in terms of how do we frame this now. I, I think more importantly is how do they rebuild a, an elite-level chemistry? That's the big question. And how do they get better on the basketball floor? And – at least we can all go back to hating Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to like try to work ourselves and, into and, and there's, there's, Can I root for this guy or and not? And there's still two distinct needs on this basketball team that might be solved with one player. Maybe not. Backup point guard and a legitimate number two scorer. I don't know where they come from. Not at this point. No, I mean, I, I think your your hope for another proven scorer is probably out the window at this point, unless you're going to go unless you trade the, DA got, got the roster somewhere right? else. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, for me, it's backup point guard and more size at the four, mm-hmm. which might be solved with Dario Saric. I yeah, but then you're man. thin at backup center. I did not expect this to be the resolution. Well, quite honestly, I, after one meeting together, I, I, as far as we know. Well, here's here's what I believe. I think is happening with Kevin Durant. I think it was getting to the point now where Kevin Durant was going to have to put his foot down and not show up. And by not showing up, then you're going to be taking you know a lot of hits along the way. And I think I think Kevin Durant might have gotten some good advice from somebody that the, the minute that this thing goes live, the minute you hold out or don't show up or or it bleeds into the season because we can't find a deal for you now we just can't find a match for you now I I think he didn't want any part of that I think Kevin Durant's looking at that going you know what it's not that bad here yeah we'll have a more reaction to this news that just happened uh, in Brooklyn and Los Angeles Kevin Durant not coming to the Phoenix Suns not going anywhere staying a member of the Brooklyn Nets it's Bickley and Murata Mornings 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I think he just wants to go to a place where there's no drama. All right? Like, I just think he wants to go out and play basketball and not worry about who's showing up to practice, what, you know, what's going on with Kyrie Irving, um, you know, what else can, is going on in the organization. And he hasn't had that in three years. Now, my, my argument with that is, okay, then why did you sign the extension last mm-hmm. offseason? Right? You had, two, you, you had two years of Kyrie already. You had a backseat to his, his, the first year when you were injured to see what he did. And you saw what happened the second year when you were healthy here. So why? Why sign the extension? Why not play out this the past year and then see where the situation was in Brooklyn here? And then when he but when he signs it, 
man, you lose like so much. He lost so much leverage in the, in that here. That was Bobby Marks just a week ago today on this very show. ESPN's front office insider talking about Kevin Durant wanting to play on a team with no drama. Um, I don't know if that was accomplished today, but Kevin Durant and the powers that be with the Brooklyn Nets, including owner Joe Sy, general manager Sean Marks, and head coach Steve Nash, have ironed it out mm-hmm. to the point where he's not going anywhere, and their commitment, uh, their focus is on winning a championship. Uh, and, and we can get into that aspect too. But you know, what does this mean for the Suns? I'm seeing a lot of reaction on social media, Bick, about the Suns kind of you know taking their foot off the gas a little bit. Putting their eggs in the Kevin Durant basket this offseason, you know, a team that uh, needs to get better. Uh, that was mm-hmm. proven in that Dallas series. What have they done to get better? Not much to this point. And I understand that disappointment yeah. with, you know, a seven week pursuit of Kevin Durant because he's the guy that put it out there. Right. It doesn't mean that this offseason is totally lost yet. Not yet, but but I do think it's you do have to focus now on what they haven't done. And and because I think the Kevin Durant piece was was something that is has been following the franchise. You know me when when we start talking about F- Suns power rankings and where they rank. I've always thought it was silly because no one has any definition as to exactly who's going to be on this basketball team. Now you kind of do. So you know I I don't know where they're going to go to get better now. But but this is you know a couple years in a row now they haven't been able to quite get it done. The Kevin Durant thing. I I wonder how much of a of a near miss this was. I wonder if there was anything they could have done differently to have made this happen. Um, I wonder if this is going to go down as a big what if in terms of Phoenix Suns history. They do they, they do have to they do have to to, to find some pieces though. I yes. mean the, otherwise the offseason will be very very disappointing. Uh, I'll say this to the Suns fans that are, you know, up in arms over this now because this is not going to come to fruition for the Suns. You remember, if nothing else happens this offseason, this was a 64-win basketball team that was bounced in the second round by their own doing. Mm-hmm. They woefully underachieved, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that's debatable. You know, How much was chemistry involved with that? If chemistry was a huge issue and that chemistry can't be fixed, then we're talking about, all right, now you can be pissed. But if you know if, if yeah. Kevin Durant can can make up and play nice with the Brooklyn Nets after what he tried to pull, I don't think any chemistry situation That's, is yeah, unfixable. Yeah, right. That's right. You you just got to be big boy about it. And I think James Jones has kind of kind of got that attitude that hey, yeah, listen, you're a pro athlete. Your your trade your name might come up in trade rumors. Deal with it. Uh, I I think more to the point of this, and and I do tend to agree with you. I I think that the people who look at just the results of the last two years, they're missing the story. And and I hear a lot of people still who are seemingly confused about what happened to the Phoenix Suns. They obviously are not spending enough time listening to you and me talk about the Phoenix Suns. Because we, I believe, have been able to piece together a lot of circumstantial crap that happened to this basketball team that I think was enough to conspire and take them down. Like you, I do not diminish what the Suns were able to do in the regular season. I do, I do think the Suns need a contingency plan for Chris. Paul, because it's two years in a row now yes. that he's broken down in front of your eyes for a variety of reasons. So you got to learn from that. 
And and I would like I would like James Jones to maybe overstock a team instead of continually chase what you didn't have the year before. Um, but but I am of the belief that what they have is enough to win a championship. I, I, I firmly believe that because I was in Dallas. We watched those games. Chris Paul was not the same. Devin Booker was off, and obviously the DA thing was uh, was a point of contention inside the locker room to a level that we didn't even know about. But look, you've got the you've got the continued improvement of Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, a couple of guys who are not at their ceiling, and clearly DA is not at his ceiling. And I like what you just said. If if the Nets can put this back together, then I'm sure Monty Williams and DA can find a way to put this back together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, where do you go from here? You mm-hmm. talked about Chris Paul having a contingency plan for Chris Paul. We all love Cameron Payne. He wasn't the same Cameron Payne in year two as he was in year one, um, you know, in, in this playoff run. Kemba Walker's out there. And people say, Kemba Walker? What do you want Kemba Walker for? He's not the same player. No, he's not. But as a contingency plan for a guy who on any given night could still go off for 20, 25 points if he got hot, I would take that as a veteran point guard. Those are the types of pieces you add to bolster your chances of winning a championship. Yeah, so. I wouldn't mind Kemba Walker one bit. I I, I know that, that he's not, you know... What people once hoped he would be, but I wouldn't mind him one. But he, to me, he would be an improvement over campaign. And let's face it. I mean, yes, there it's a sixty-four win team returning, but almost every other contender in the West is going to be better this yeah, year. Well, true. Yeah. Just, just from guys returning, I, I'm not sure Dallas is going to be better. To be honest with you. I think they're going to be formidable. I'm not sure they're going to be better. Yeah, people will say, oh, they got Christian Wood. Do, Christian, we, do we know if Christian Wood is a winning basketball player? Listen, we know Christian he can Wood, get stats. Yeah, Christian Wood and JaVale McGee are nice additions, but losing Jalen Brunson, I mean, that that guy was, he was unbelievable in the playoffs. That's fair, but they'll have Tim Hardaway Jr. also. Back, well, okay. All right. didn't play in okay. the playoffs. Okay. Uh, but uh, mostly I'm thinking of the Clippers, mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets, mm-hmm. and the Warriors with some not of their young players you. coming back and will be better this yes, year. Yes, the Suns could, yes, but but again if if the Suns have been holding out for Kevin Durant and it sure sounds and seems like they've been, then then you've got to give them a, a pass on that in my opinion. You can you can't expect them to stock the roster with and, and make improvements off a team that doesn't have Kevin Durant while you're still in pursuit for Kevin Durant. I do think like you said, I think you're going to see a lot of maneuvering now from teams. A lot of the teams Additions. that were all sort of linked oh, to yeah. Kevin Durant, yeah. what will they do now? Yeah. Well, we waited for, again, seven weeks. There was, there was some movement around the league. There wasn't as much as we normally see because that Kevin Durant situation held up everything. How many teams were linked to Kevin Durant in this process? Mm-hmm. The Suns, the Heat, the Raptors, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, that's a good portion of the league was, was, was linked to Kevin Durant in some sort of pursuit. Yeah, you're, you're going to see some movement. But again, and and, uh, to reassure Suns fans a little bit, even the Vegas projections that came out for win totals, the Suns are one and two in those. Vegas knows what they're doing. And that was based on current construction of roster, not on if they mm-hmm. get Kevin Durant, if that happens. What yeah. the, because nobody knew what that team would but, would look like. But uh, but the win total projections, I think, are a little more generous than the championship odd projections. Yes. Because people ID the Suns as a team that's going to try in the regular season. And that is probably something that needs to shift to some degree this year. It is less importance on the regular season, mm-hmm. more importance to gearing up and being fresh and ready to go when the playoffs start.
that that's what the focus should be. And, you know, I think they can accomplish that with this group. But they're also they have options out there. And and again, don't think for a minute that Kevin Durant might not be back in play next year. <laughs> next week. <laughs> which which might which might be more realistic for the Phoenix Suns to begin with. Absolutely. Last summer or next summer might be better options if they're really in the Kevin Durant business. Except but the only he'll be thirty five next summer. And well, Chris Paul will be going into his last year of his back, deal and that is true. Uh, well, you're older. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll continue to break down the uh, news with the Nets. Kevin Durant not going anywhere after all. It was all just a bad dream. Kevin Zimmerman from ArizonaSports.com will join us next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. If you are uh, planning on maybe getting a Phoenix Suns jersey with Kevin Durant's name on it, or if you've been working on photoshops of Kevin Durant in the Suns uniform, sorry, it's not going to happen. He's not going anywhere. That was the news today. Sham Sharania from The Athletic breaks it. The Nets put out a statement. They've apparently patched things up. Lots of reaction to it locally, nationally. Here to help us with the reaction from ArizonaSports.com. He's got a a story up on the uh, website at ArizonaSports.com right now. Kevin Zimmerman joins us in studio. Uh, Kevin, we were just talking uh, before we came back out on the air. I didn't expect to be talking about this today with such (laughs) finality. Uh, How surprised are you that this is where we're at? I guess I'm surprised because I think when you look at how, I guess it's far off training camps are, there's no reason for things to advance, whether as trade talks or otherwise. So I guess good on the Nets for being proactive and getting a meeting with Kevin Durant. I, You know, the third meeting this offseason. Congrats to them for that and patching things up. All right. Speaking of patching things up, what about the collateral damage? Is there anything to patch up in Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's still the DA thing. Um, and regardless of how connected you might have thought that was. I think even if Kevin Durant had never asked to be traded, never asked um, out, and maybe Phoenix was on his list, um, I I think they had to do that with DA for basketball reasons, for just how they handled free agency and all that. Um, Mikel Bridges' name came out yesterday, so I think he he went on Twitter, and I assume this was about that, where he tweeted, I'm just listening or watching like you all. So I I think he'd be fine, but I think DA's the big one. Again, I don't think it's even related to Kevin Durant. I think that's just the big basketball one. Kevin Zimmerman from uh, ArizonaSports.com, one of the hosts of the Empire of the Suns podcast, joining us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Bick and I have talked about this, uh, you know, and, and staying on the subject of maybe having to patch some things up with DeAndre Aiden, even though he became a very rich man this summer. Um, I found it odd that there was no media availability after a, a, a contract extension of that size. Now, there wasn't one for Devin Booker either. There wasn't one for Monty Williams. What do you make of the Suns' kind of quiet uh, summer in terms of communication? I'm going back to the Eric Bledsoe negotiation, which went a long time. And, you know, I, I think teams insulate themselves from um, their guys being out there and put in front of media people like that, which I, I guess that's just the day and age we're in. Um, honestly, I, I don't think DA is going to be, you know, reminiscing too much. I think just this past season, whatever you think about him, he showed maturity and not getting that extension, playing through it. Um, and they do have a genuine like for him I think the guys all in the locker room do so I think that 
that's going to come out and it, it might have been a little more bitter if you had yeah had that conversation with him with reporters in his face asking what happened and why didn't this get done before you got an offer sheet for the, from the Indiana Pacers um, and, and that's kind of what's lost I think is just the more emotional feelings on it so I, I guess teams insulate people from that but that's that's just kind of how mm. things are now yeah I'm, I'm curious to see what that's going to go Tim Ring uh, said on these airways that, that he, he had heard somebody told him the Suns just didn't even want DA um, anymore. So I, I'm curious to see if if he is still going to be on some sort of trading block. All right, what do you uh, what do you think the Suns need to add now that the Kevin Durant piece is out of the mix? Man, the roster doesn't look that different, right? I, I no. guess going back, I didn't even mention Jay Crowder's cryptic, yeah, social media stuff. Um, how do you get better, right? And that's the big question. They added some really good role players that I like. Damian Lee, Josh Kogi, um, Jock Landale's interesting, and they brought back Biombo. but like, how do you actually upgrade maybe your top 7-8 when you go into the playoffs and that rotation gets reduced? Um, I, I think a lot of it goes back to how do you internally develop Mikel Bridges' role? Um, can, can Johnson be you know not just a starting caliber guy off the bench? Does he become a starter? Does he take that next step? And I think, again, goes back to D.A. in basketball. Um, the reasons he wasn't happy, whether you agree with him or not, I, I think it's role-related. And when you have a guy that's getting max money, um, you're paying him that much, you need to give him more responsibility, I think. And I, I know that there's clunkiness with how they play basketball and maybe the low post game or whatever you want to call his game, but they need to involve him more and, and find ways to help him take things off Chris Paul and Devin Booker because I think when you talk about wear and tear they haven't really added a lot to this roster when it comes to how do you take Chris Paul's role and maybe rest him games even mm-hmm. um, can campaign go back two years and play like that can Landry Shamit play more consistently so there, there has to be that question answered because I think when you look at who's going to carry you in the postseason um, you got to have more options and take a little off the, the guys we know are already stars yeah I, I, I like a lot of what you're saying especially when it comes to DA and it makes sense alright they're paying them this money the Suns are in need of a reliable guy who can put up 20 points a game night in night out I just don't know um, as much as I defend DeAndre Ayton with the current skill set he's not a creator and I don't know if you can feature a guy who doesn't put the ball on the floor create for himself or step out and shoot the three with regularity I don't know if you can count on a guy to make that jump offensively what are your thoughts yeah. on that? I mean I think it's when you just talk about three point shooting this is a guy who has talked about even in the playoffs this past season about I want to play power forward it's fun but he has hasn't taken threes, and I, I don't know if that's his decision. I don't know if that's Monty's system. They don't want him to, but that that changes a lot. Even just taking threes, that opens up the middle of the floor for Book and the guys to cut and and drive. So even that's something that will kind of drastically change how that starting lineup looks and how it operates. So you know, even little things like that, I think will go a long way. Now, I don't think you should go dump the ball down in the post and make him play make like he's Hakeem or something but 
I don't know. That, that's that's for smart basketball people to do, but yeah. I, I think there are ways that you can try. Kevin Zimmerman from ArizonaSports.com joining us in studio. Um, for much of the summer, we talked about how this uncertainty with Kevin Durant, his trade request, all these teams getting involved and maybe putting a deal uh, together for him kind of put a hold on everything. You expecting like a late flood of activity here a month before camp? I still think something will happen with Donovan Mitchell, and I know Danny Ainge operates where you, you just don't know what he's going to do, but he acts aggressively, so I would expect something there to kind of pop up. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like everyone kind of was waiting for something to happen, and I I'll give the Suns credit. They didn't put all of their eggs in that basket. They had to move on. They had to get DA back because that was the best option on the table. And, you know, if something pops up near the trade deadline, then I, I think that's how they're going to operate. This isn't just like you need to make drastic changes before training camp. This is going to be a really good team. And I think a lot of other teams across the league are looking at it like that, where it's just you, you don't want to mortgage everything yeah. for, for this guy who has four years on his contract, just got extended, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, clearly the Warriors are the team to chase in the West now that they're champions. Who is there anybody else you think that has passed the Phoenix Suns that they are now chasing? I think assuming that the Clippers get back their their stars healthy, Kawhi, um, their roster is super interesting. They have just endless amounts of wings. They can go so many different directions and low-key the John Wall acquisition this summer, I think that guy you know, he can't shoot. He doesn't exactly fit the modern NBA. But on that team, I, I think he's going to be a serious threat to be just absolutely fun with his just how he can drive, jump passes, um, kickouts, creating a lot for those wings, going to take a lot off Kawhi and Paul George. I think that team's loaded, and I, I would expect them to be top three for sure in the West. And John Wall's got the freshest legs in the league. <laughs> oh, boy. We that. oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Kevin, thanks for jumping in with us. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, Thanks for having me. I'm sure you and Kellen will cover this a lot on the Empire of the Suns podcast. We might have to podcast You might have to do that. (laughs) Stay tuned for that. It's Kevin Zimmerman. You can read his stuff on ArizonaSports.com. He joined us in studio here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, uh, more on the Arizona Cardinals. How all in are they on uh, 2022? There seems to be some debate on it. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Well, look, I think there's always, there's always, a, I mean, there's a concern either way. There's a concern that they go out there and play and they get hurt. It's like with Roquan Smith. So let's say Roquan Smith decides not to accept, sounds like he's not going to accept the Bears deal. If we look back a year from now and he gets paid, he has an unbelievable year and gets a ridiculous contract, although the Bears can franchise him, uh, we're going to be like, wow, what a smart move to gamble on yourself. But if he goes out there and rips up his leg, we're going to look back and say, boy, what was he thinking? I mean, the outcome is going to determine whether we look back and say smart move or not smart move. Look, health is most important to me going into week one. Preseason, Cliff never had preseason in college. And, you know, it's – but, yeah, I mean, you'd love to see in game action. If if the the offense went out there and looked great and was in total sync and nobody got hurt, I'm sure we'd say great decision. But if somebody gets hurt and is lost for the year, we'd be like, what were they thinking? So I'm good with how the Cardinals have, you know, game plan 
plan and, and set the blueprint for this preseason. The voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash, on with Wolf and Luke. Yesterday, you heard his thoughts on it. Uh, how do the Cardinals handle preseason? None of their players are playing in these yeah. preseason games. No. Basically, in the first game, we saw a little bit of Will Hernandez on the offensive side of the ball. We saw a few defenders that they will count on during the season play. We saw less of that against the, 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 uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I don't think we'll see much difference on Saturday with the with the Tennessee Titans. We know Kyler Murray won't play. Um, that pick coupled with um, one of the things that, that I really noticed, and I was only a practice at one day. Most of the Cardinals training camp practices were happening during our show this year. Mm-hmm. So I went to one of the few afternoon practices and um, you know it, it stands out. There's it's not the it's not your grandfather's NFL anymore, but no. the lack of physicality in that practice that I saw, yeah. and then hold it up against what you watch on Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Those are two, two of the extremes right there. Well, it, it, yes. when you're not playing your players and there's very little in terms of physicality, what does that mean moving well, forward? Well, yes, and and I, I'm not here to, to rip Cliff Kingsbury for this, but I am here to say that it's interesting to me that a lot of other teams, a lot of other accomplished teams go about it a different way. Patrick Mahomes played for the Chiefs last week. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's very a few... a couple touchdowns. Yeah, passes. very few people as valuable as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You ever see that guy, Jarrett? <laughs> Andy Reid clearly thought, uh, thinks, that there's some value to at least getting some live reps against a real opponent that it does something. It, it, the only thing where it worries me, Vinny, to be honest with you, it's... It, you're going to be going into this Chiefs game and this defense hasn't really hit anybody tackled anybody and one of the big issues coming out of the last preseason game uh, on Sunday night was very bad tackling and so I don't know if there's a correlation between not not so physical training camp practices and poor tackling but that doesn't seem to be a, a very big bridge to cross no but it's weird too because the first the first game you know the the, the game that they won in Cincinnati mm-hmm. one of the things that stood out was how buttoned up they were and mm-hmm. tackling was, was part of that i just think when when you don't emphasize that at all you're going to see the inconsistencies in, yeah. in tackling. Yeah. So you'll you'll have a good game, then you'll have a bad game, and we know bad tackling can be contagious, not only for the defense, but you know the offense breaks a couple tackles. They, you know, the, the other guys feel challenged to do the same thing. I think we saw that in the Baltimore game a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I I'm not tripping about Kyler Murray not playing because Kyler Murray clearly doesn't see any value. So Kyler Murray would half ass it anyways. If you said if you were the head coach and said you got to go play a series, I'm sorry, it's my it's my team it's my rule it's my law you're playing a series he would go in there and and it'd be a three and out it would be done with just like that because he just doesn't see the point and and he proved last year although i do think he played a couple of series in the preseason last year in the kansas city game yeah yeah yeah. that that i mean he was just fine against tennessee in week one so i'm not necessarily worried about that but then again you're talking about some new pieces on offense and and more to the point to me it's just it's that defensive component you know, if I, I, I get J.J. Watt doesn't need um, tr- training camp preseason reps, but wouldn't Isaiah Simmons? Wouldn't, you know, I, so I, uh, whatever. It's, it's yeah. their call. And, and Dave Pash is right. If it, 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 they're going to be criticized or not based on the results. Yes. How they look in the first half of week one. But here's the thing is... Injuries are going to happen regardless. 
you can be careful during training camp and in the preseason games, but once the games count, and they're for real for wins and losses in the standings, guys are going to get hurt. The, the, the debate is whether or not are you conditioning players physically to deal with the rigors of the physicality. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And if they're not calloused, if you will, mm-hmm. are, they, are they more... I don't think there's a right answer to it. It's just a, a difference in philosophies. Yeah. It's like Matt Davis has played a lot for New England so far. <laughs> Looks like a different person. Doesn't he? Played so much. It's unbelievable. So, so, so some of the greatest coaches in NFL history, yeah. you know, they want their players... Playing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if, if Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, essentially, yeah. like you said, with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes considered the best quarterback in the mm-hmm. entire NFL is playing in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. It, it, about the callus, like you want to develop a callus. Like when does a callus turn into a, you know, a cut? That's like the thing is like you're so scared of anybody getting hurt that you can't pre- you know prepare them to be physical because you don't want them to be physical at all because yeah. you're scared of everything. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. Listen, it's it's a very abstract thing. No, you're absolutely right, and it's and I see I see all sides of this thing. I you know if I was running a football team, to me the number one thing would be to get them to week one fully healthy. So I, I I think I think I'm fine with what Cliff Kingsbury's done, but I'm just I see the warning signs with with the tackling issue. I just it, it, that would just seem to me to be a hard thing to just jump in and do. Well, and you remember the speech that Dan Campbell gave on that first episode of yes. Hard Knocks when they went full tilt on, on that first practice That's where they right. were able to. And he said, you might think I'm a lunatic. He's like, if there was another way to do it, I would do it. I don't want to put you guys at risk, but you you, you got to build up. Yeah. Right. Although, and I'm not saying that's right either. Yeah. I mean, because what what has Dan Campbell accomplished? What have the, the Lions accomplished? Nothing. I was going to say, counterpoint, he is a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other news with the Cardinals yesterday, they make a trade. Fifth round pick going to Buffalo, but not for a corner, for a guard. Cody Ford, former second round pick in 2019, one of Kyler Murray's former college teammates from Oklahoma. He is joining the offensive line now. Uh, the, remain, the, the concern here on this show remains the cornerback room. Uh, we were expecting maybe some movement on a trade there. That's one less fifth-round pick they have to deal uh, for a, uh, a, a trade uh, for a potential corner. Dave Pash in that same interview with Wolf and Luke, he says uh, corner is the concern for him, too. I think it's the cornerback room. Still. I, I Yeah, I mean, we talked last night on the air. You might have the best safety tandem in the NFL. I'm not sure if that helps you in terms of covering up your corners, especially when you're, you're unsure about what your pass rush is going to look like. Like, if Byron Murphy plays like he did for most of last season, you've got a really good player at that position. Can Marco Wilson refine that, that mojo and that confidence he had at the, at the beginning? Beginning of last year, and Antonio Hamilton's a guy that's been around. Clearly, they like him, but you know, after that, where are you going? Is there somebody on another roster that you have your eye on, and you're just waiting to see what happens? I mean, guys get cut for a reason. I mean, Josh Jackson got cut for a reason, even though he's a second round pick just a few years ago. We've seen some good things out of Josh Jackson. We've seen him struggle at times. So, I'd have to say that right now is the biggest area of concern for me. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see if they can engineer something before the end of the week. Or maybe yeah. after the final cutdown day, which is uh, a week from today. Still, <laughs> sorry, I just like that. <laughs> Glad you liked it, Jared. Yeah. Thank you, Jared. Thank you for it. <laughs> Still. 
<laughs> Coming up next, big reaction to uh, the Kevin Durant news. He's staying with the playing. Nets. I'm sure that'll show up in uh, social studies and other things. We'll do it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is Dell.